we aim to empower you by bringing you information and guests who uh, know the law or know finance. In this instance, the legal, you know, law intersects with business in many, in every way. And I am very pleased to have Attorney Crystal Edwards back on the program with me today. Welcome, Crystal. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me back. Ah, my pleasure. My pleasure. She, if you go to the website, lawtalkwithethelmitchell.com, and search for Crystal Edwards, she was on our program in May That's correct. Uh, of this year. Uh, one of her subspecialties is employment discrimination, and or discrimination period, but employment discrimination in particular. And she had an excellent program um, on that we got a lot of calls about, so we repeated it uh, also. So please go there and you can listen to her as she talks about that particular subject matter. Uh, I've asked her to come on again for a very different reason because another one of our subspecialties is healthcare. Uh, Crystal has a very unusual background in that <laughs> she's a biology major in college, uh, University of Memphis. She's got a Bachelor of Science, she's got a Master, I'm sorry, of Science Biology, a Master of Science Biology at Tennessee State University in Nashville, a Master's of Science of Public Health at Meharry Medical College, okay, and then a JD, a Juris Doctorate, the law degree, with a health law certificate from St. Louis University School of Law. So that's quite an interesting background there. It is quite, quite. Look, for a while, I guess I was a uh, um, favor to be like a, a, law, a student, just love going to school. Love going to school. But clearly, you also loved healthcare, science. Things of that sort. Uh, definitely. Okay. Okay. Well, um, you know, as we say on this program all the time, law is powerful and it affects everything that you do. And if, if you're a regular listener, you will learn that lawyers do all kinds of different things. Exactly. And so it's always interesting and to me important to bring you different kinds of lawyers. People only think of law like Perry Mason. Right. You know, right. or Johnny Cochran or, you know, like criminal law. That's the only time when you see lawyers. And one of the reasons why I started the program was to try to share the the, the breadth of different kinds of law that there there is and and all the different areas where we impact people's lives. Right, right. So today, uh, but let me do my usual. Law is powerful. It can help you or hurt you. It impacts everything you do. What you don't know can hurt you and what you do know can help you. So we're trying to empower you by enlightening you and bringing on professionals that know the law, work in it all the time. We also bring on finance professionals. And today, you're kind of beginning the the a new emphasis that I'm, I'm interested in bringing to my audience, and that is the legal and practical side of doing business. Okay. Okay, because I'm becoming more and more aware that a lot of people have great ideas. They just don't know where to start. They don't know how to start. Or they start, and then they run into a roadblock, and they don't quite know how to get over it, and they stop. Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. so more and more, I think I'm going to also bring in... Uh, people, sometimes business people, you know, to talk about the practical sides of business. How did they get started? 
what were some of the roadblocks, how did they overcome them, mm -hmm. so that people can see and learn how to do it, because uh, I think that's important. Now, today, I asked Crystal to come in because one of the things that she does a lot of is to advise people who want to open senior assisted living facilities. And, you know, I don't know if you all know, a lot of people know that as people get older in our society now, instead of being cared for at home, more and more people are being placed in assisted living facilities. And until recently, even I thought, because I sometimes will go to clients um, in these facilities, I always assumed that they were big, big facilities or relatively large facilities with 50 or more people, you know, more of a institutional kind of setting and that that was it. That was all that there was out there. And and then I went to a really nice home-like facility in Temple Hills um, to meet some clients, some, you know, who had moved there after they were no longer able to stay in their own homes. It was one floor. Uh, it was in a normal neighborhood, very nice neighborhood with, uh, you know, Temple Hills has a lot of places. It has big yards and so on like that. And, and you know, it just looked like any other house on the street, a little bit larger, but that was about it. Uh, there were no, you know, two, three, four, five stories, anything. And when you drove in, you know, the driveway could park maybe four or five cars, but the, even that, four or five stories, anything. And when you drove in, you know, the driveway could park maybe four or five cars, but the, even that wasn't necessarily unusual. It had a regular curb and, and it looked like a regular house. And when you walked in, then I realized it sort of spread out. Uh, I was meeting my client, and they had a large room where we could meet with his family, uh, and, uh, uh, and you know, around a nice big table privately, and we were able to talk. The family came in, we talked, we joked. I knew them for several years, and then we took care of our legal business that we had to take care of. Mm -hmm. But I was really struck by how warm and caring and family-like the facility was. You know, it wasn't just an institution that was just, you know, people were just there. Right, right. Well, healthcare has has evolved over the last 10 or 15 years where all of the end-of-life um, choices um, have grown from instead of being in, institutionalized, you know, in the yeah, hospitals, that's the word, you yeah. know, and, and you know, with the, you know, I guess with the the white coats and the yeah, yeah, know, the they didn't formal, have any of that, yeah, no, yeah. you know, and, and and making making more, um, you know, what's a, a good word for it, you know, everybody knows, you know, death is coming, but mm -hmm. it just does not have to be so bad. Right, you know, like right. a, a negative type thing. Good. Um, it has evolved where, you know, people are able to stay in their homes, you know, uh, around in, in some instances. Right, right, yeah. around, around family and friends. And then now, if they're not able to stay at home, then we have now these new assistant living facilities where it is. it looks like a home. Um, you have your own, you can have your own private room. Um, there, you know, you can have, um, uh, if, if you need any kind of, like, medical assistance, in you know in your home if you still you know if your loved one uh, 
uh, maybe on a, a breathing machine. Mm -hmm. These facilities are able to house those type of uh, uh, medical equipment, but okay. it is in a home environment. In a home, yeah, that uh, was very family, clear. Right, family and friends are able to, you know, freely come and go and see you. Um, a good example is, you know, if, if you just like, you know, I think you were telling me, if you have like a favorite, you know, ice cream, ice yeah, cream, yeah. you know, if you have that favorite blanket or something that, 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 that you, you know, in, enjoy in, in your private home, in, in most instances, you are able to have those. It's it just like you, it, instead of the hospital room, um, you are in your room with all of your, you know, if you like books, um, you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah, you whatever like. is yes. important to you. Right, right. I was really impressed with that. I really was. So what I want you to tell my audience, Crystal, is, or Attorney Edwards, what, how does one go about building a facility like that? Because I, I, I got the sense that there are retired healthcare people. There are people that would be excellent at doing this, uh, but how would you even get started? Because it can be very lucrative, and it's you know it's a kind of business that's growing. I mean, baby boomers are getting older, and we're going to need, and we're going to want these kinds of facilities rather than the institutionalized facilities, I, I would think. Right. You know, if, if you have a choice, you would rather be in a warm environment than in an institutional environment, if at all. Right. And so I would think that there's a big market for this. So how would someone get started with this if you wanted to do it? Well, first, I think, um, as in uh, any business, and, you know, a lot of people have a lot of ideas. First, I would say try to find a, a mentor, another facility possibly mm. that, um, you know, uh, um, would, would, you know, it's kind of doing the, the same thing that, that you would like to do. That's um, a good idea. Right. Yeah. yeah that would be that's the good first in general. Thing. Anytime you want to do business, go with somebody that's already doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. And then once, once you find that out, it may then figure out exactly what you want to do. Okay. Um, and then... The first thing, uh, healthcare is something that is extremely regulated now. Okay, um, there's a lot of laws around it. Exactly. Yeah. Compliance. Uh, uh, continue. Talk, talk to us about this, please. All right. And then the first thing you need to do, you need to go to your state uh, healthcare uh, agency or state um, department of health. Uh, each state has their own set of, of rules, and so you need to go to them first and then meet with the actual person that you will uh, get your license from. Okay, and, and uh, Crystal is going to give us the links to the uh, health care persons that you need to talk to right. and their offices for Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Correct. And I'm going to ask uh, my, my producer, Ms. Uh, Faircloth to post those on the website, on the program, on the page for this program. So please go to lawtalkwithethelmitchell.com. You know, after the program, give us about a day, and we're going to have the links for Maryland, D.C., and Virginia to the offices and the persons even that you would contact. So what do you do there? What do they do and what do you, what are you looking for? All right. So they they're going to give you the basically the roadmap. They're going to give you the checklist of everything that you need to do to pass their uh, licensure 
uh, certificate program. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, they're going to give you all of the laws, all of the compliance uh, areas that, that you need to follow. Um, and basically, you know, the application um, and answer any questions that you may have. Now, I recommend everybody, once you do that, that needs to be your Bible. You need to study and learn and know that period. Mm-hmm. Um, and once once you start getting, once you get that, uh, what laws and everything that you need, the very next step needs to be to secure financing for it. Because um, so you want these facilities um, can be costly. Um, you've got to eventually hire staff, um, those type of things. And so you want to make sure that when your facility is ready to go, the financing is never, it's not going to be a problem right, right, right. with that. Are there professionals that can help you with that, with putting numbers together, with uh, getting the whatever you need to convince the banks to loan you the money i mean are there people that can actually help you do that because it's one thing to have the idea to have the heart even to have the money and the credit but you may not have the ability to write it out and and you know make it work on paper that you need to have in order to secure financing what kind of professional helps you with that. Right. So that would be a, a commercial, I would recommend starting with a commercial um, realtor or okay. a commercial uh, company, but make sure that they have uh, the background in healthcare facilities. Okay. Um, again, Specifically. Right. Right. Yeah. Again, I'm telling you, uh, healthcare is, is a specialized area. It's, it's general law. However, healthcare is, again, I keep saying it is heavily regulated. And so, People are specialized in that area, and okay. this right, and this commercial person is going to actually is going to tell you um, uh, about what you need, exactly what you said, what what type of um, you know credit, exactly uh, what you need to say in your loan application. They're going to actually tell you uh, what areas um, that you can actually open up this facility because it, it is commercial, so it has to be zoned, um, you know, for that area. Um, and that's, you know, they're going to know to point you to the correct, like, city uh, count, city and county uh, government officials mm-hmm. that can guide you, that can with, guide you exactly with, okay. with, with, all, with all of that. And, and, and I will give out your phone number now because you need, they can start with you, exactly. it sounds like, okay? <laughs> uh, Attorney Crystal Edwards, her telephone number is 240-232-3122. Is that the right number? That's correct. And she's located in Largo, Maryland on Apollo Drive. Uh, Her website is edwards-legal.com. That's correct. Edwards-legal.com. So uh, continue, Crystal. I I suggest y'all start with her because she does this, and it sounds like a lot that has to be done to me. So that's just the beginning. Exactly. That's the very beginning. I I do a lot of consultations. Um, I say I prefer to come in at the very, very beginning Uh so that I can tell you exactly where to go, uh, who to talk to, who to talk to, some of the pitfalls, um, those type things. Um, Generally, sometimes a lot of people will come to me kind of in the middle or toward the end. 
and also I, I get along. They have already opened up their facility, and now the government auditor is at the door over the facility as well. So you're able to help people even in that situation. Exactly, though. exactly. Okay. But I, I prefer to come in at the very beginning so I can tell you how to not let the you know the auditors auditors come. get to your door. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know I I also I had attorney George Gyro on, and he talked about. Uh, nursing home litigation, yes. which is partly, it's a medical malpractice, mm -hmm. is part of that. And he talked about how any, uh, 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 what am I trying to say, any, not just complaint, but any ding against your record is it's public. Bad. Yes, it's, it's bad and it's public. Exactly. And how people can go and, and see what it was right. and uh right and I, i'm glad you, you mentioned that because that is one of the reasons um how the assistant living uh business kind of grew because we had a lot of abuse in like the regular nursing homes mm -hmm. and so a lot of people were looking for alternatives to place oh, their loved ones uh -huh. and so if you think about it you know versus again something that's institutionalized where you know they're frequently uh, understaffed um, we have a high yeah. high rate of abuse in yeah, you know site patients, right? And then you got the visitation hours and you know those yeah. type things. Yeah. So uh, that that's one of the reasons why this assistant living has grown. So now it's in the house environment. Uh, most of the time it is you know a low population, maybe 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 ten. You know, but yeah, this that place had like six or seven. Right, right. Which I it, thought it was wonderful because then they could really take good care. Of six or seven people. Exactly. So, so it is very, very probable that you may have a three-to-one ratio, That's meaning wonderful. like three healthcare uh, providers versus every one patient. That is and, really good. All right. And a lot of times in facilities, you know, it's the other way around. It's a one to three. Yeah. You know, yeah. or one to ten. You know. Yeah. And, that is and, really good. All right. And a lot of times in facilities, you know, it's the other way around. It's a one to three. Yeah. You know, yeah. or one to ten. You know. Yeah. Opens up the door to abuse, and then you know your your loved one not getting the proper care. You and know, that's serious that care. Exactly, exactly. Serious care. We're talking about how you open and operate an assisted living or assisted health care facility. During the break, she mentioned that sometimes people convert either their own homes into a facility like this that may take three or four or five people, or they may buy homes already right. built in neighborhoods that they then turn into these kinds of facilities. Right. Is that right? Right. That, that's correct. This is simpler since this is a, uh, a home setting. Uh, most uh, assisted living uh, facilities, yeah, they are you know, places where um, uh, people just bought a regular home. I have a couple of clients that have a, what we consider, I guess, a mansion, you know, five bedrooms or more. Mm -hmm. And they purchase that home and uh -huh. then they, you know, work with force the architects and work with the zoning guidelines and everything and made all of the proper corrections and renovations within that home. Okay. Um, and you know and, permits and, and exactly. licenses and all like that yeah exactly. yeah and and then most of the time this place it, it already has the nice living room setting it has the nice kitchen it has yeah. the, you know like the the outdoor area maybe like you know a balcony area um those type things and so it is 
already that home that homely feeling. Feeling. And right. all you have to do is just put in, you know, the patient care needs. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you gotta have all the different permits and the licenses and the zoning and the oh, yes. all oh, that yes. kind of oh, stuff. Yes. And then then too if you're gonna accept Medicaid and Medicare patients. Yeah, right. talk to us about now, that. Yes, what that's that, all involved now, with. That's that's a whole other beast <laughs> yeah. by itself. Yeah. Which is which is why I always recommend that you always have um, an attorney, uh, make sure you're in your commercial yeah. real estate person that has this health care background. Um, it is very, very different from, you know, from just the regular regular business. Right. Yeah. Because your you, family lawyer can't do it. Right, okay. Right. Sorry about that. But <laughs> I, I do not ask me to do it. Sure. <laughs> okay. But you really That's want correct. a lawyer that, that has experience in this area. Right. 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 And, and, and you know, it, it, it sounds like I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to make it sound that it's so complicated and, you know, to can't tear down somebody's dream or whatever, but it just makes it easy for you to fulfill your dream. If you have somebody that has that specialty, you know, and that background, it just makes it easier. Yeah, because I would imagine there's a lot of paperwork oh, in, yes. in oh my dealing gosh. with the state and dealing with Medicaid and dealing with yes. Medicare yes. and... Yes, it a is. lot of reporting that needs to be done. Right, and they will do their own audits. You know, yeah. Well. So, so you you're gonna be. have you're gonna have the state coming in and doing audits, and then you're gonna have your insurance providers as well as doing That's audits. Right, you gotta deal with insurance right, too. Right, right, exactly. So I just think you know, I mean, it, it is. It seems like it's a lot, but it's but but it's not. Because remember, it is. You know, you're taking care of a of a person. You're taking care of your you know That's your loved ones. And you know you want to make their you know end of the life in the life you know enjoyable, comfortable, yeah. comfortable, and make sure that they have access to their families and friends, and they don't have to you know stop anything, um, you know that they used to do just because they you know may be on uh, you know cancer, they may have cancer going through those treatments or you yeah, know not as true. mobile, not as mobile as they as they used to. Does the home provide transportation for those yes. kind of treatments? Yes, you know, the, 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 today now um, they they will provide their transportations to and from their uh, doctor's appointments, you know, the physical therapy appointments, those wow. kind of things. Um, as well as you know, let the family come in and you know and take them and take them as well. Right. And right. It really, the 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 it's one a lot. Is, right. One of the beautiful things about this is that it can be customized to each individual. Okay. Um, and Patient. so okay. right. So you know, so the person may they may have um, uh, just limited liability, um, limited mobility. I'm sorry. Maybe uh -huh. you know, and you know they just need need assistance with you know the uh, bathing. You know those type things. Right. This person be be there, and so they they would have a few more options and be able to do more things. And then these facilities can also be customized to somebody that is on, uh, you know, breathing treatment, uh, okay. breathing machine all of the time. Wow. Um, and not mobile at all. Um, so you need to have an administrator that has experience in managing all of those different facets of care it sounds like exactly most of the uh, i guess i, I would say uh, successful uh, assisted living they are owned and operated by people that have a healthcare background whether that's a nursing technician physical therapy a nurse a uh, retired physician um, but mm. they have some type of health care uh, background, background because right. the, these patients are disabled 
or, you know, they have yeah. their own some type of uh, health care um, guidance or whatever. Right. So, so they do need, uh, you know, health care. What about hiring people? I've had people complain that the staffing is not always appropriate in some of institutions. I've never heard that in, but I haven't, I have, you know, I've only had limited exposure to the smaller health care facilities, but how do you identify good staffing? Right. Well, you definitely want to spring your staff, and uh, one of the uh, criteria is that the most state and city uh, agencies have is that those background those uh, employees have to have a background check that includes mm. a, that includes a criminal background check that also includes their they have to meet a certain minimal health care um, experience okay to actually work so they have to, to actually show work that in these they have had experience working with these kinds of patients? Well, well, just something, just something in, in, in the in the healthcare field. So we have like a lot of like nursing technicians, uh -huh. um, uh, physical therapists, and then you know the. Can you send them for training? Oh, definitely, definitely. So there are places and schools that will train people how to bathe people, for example, how to pick them up if necessary. I mean lift them in the wheelchair, how exactly. to transport them, and so on. Right, right. And and then, of course, uh, with nursing with the proper assistance, you know, like giving medication. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Exactly, exactly. And then you have, the, and then the good thing, you can have your, uh, have a cook as well. Well, you, you have know? to, yeah. And that one is, uh, right, and then, so if you have certain nutritional needs and, and right. limitations, you know, you're able to do that as well. Um, and I would just recommend, you know, that you always, always, every day think about uh, compliance, you know, with that. Yeah. And so that's why you always need somebody, your, your, your administrator uh, definitely has to meet all of the state um, and insurance um, criteria to right. even work in this facility. Wow, wow. You're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I have attorney Crystal Edwards uh, with me. Uh, she's talking to us about how do you open, manage, and operate a assisted living facility um, in a in a home-like environment is is really where we're kind of emphasizing and, and putting our focus today. We're, she's going to give us the links to the offices in the various states in the metropolitan area where you can find basic information and get started. Now, during the break, you mentioned something about people being able to get care at home first and then later coming into a facility. Can you tell me more about that? Right, right. Well, sometimes in, instead of um, the first option to actually go into an assistant living uh, condition, unless that is the, the doctor's orders, but sometimes people, they're, they're not at that stage where they uh, need to be pulled completely out of the home. And so you have uh, several companies that, you know, provide home health care services uh, where they can actually come in and assist you with the uh, general 
general daily activities such as the eating, the bathing, those mm -hmm. type things. Uh, you may need a breathing treatment, something like that. And they are actually in the home. They can you can hire the healthcare professional yeah. professionals to come. And then now, in the recent in the last few years, you have uh, services that are specifically geared toward your geriatrics. Yeah, that's what we have for mother and dad. Exactly. And we still have some daddy. Yeah. Exactly. And so yeah. then, then one of the good they things. come so, in every day. Right, right. They can start and assist even if dementia starts to happen, you know, with those as well. Uh -huh. They have that specialized training, you know, with that. Uh -huh. uh, but however, one of the things I want to mention uh, in with that is I get a lot of questions about um, how do I access, so now I have my assistant living, yeah, assistant living facility, so now how do I get my patients, my, my residents actually yeah. to come to me? Yeah. And so one of the things that I, I kind of recommend um, that they, um, uh, you know, get to know some of these health, home health agencies and yeah. some of these, um, you know, um, uh, places where they actually staff and put people in um, uh, their employees in the clients' homes um, because they're going to know at well, you know, some point, at point, you know, mom and dad will possibly need to come out of the home to get right. the proper right. uh, treatment. Right. Um, and so, you know, so that is a way to try to get your clients in as well. And one one point, you know, we, we keep saying the, you know, geriatrics and our, our baby boomers, but assisted living facilities, they can actually, it's no age limit uh, or, mm. you know, a prior. So I'm let's just say, that. right, so let's just say if uh, you're 18 and you, it's no age limit. Uh, or, mm. you know, a prior. So I'm let's just say, that. right, so let's just say if uh, you're 18 and you were, you know, paralyzed in a, in a car accident. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, that's true. And so, right, and so that that resident is is also welcomed in these assisted living homes. In these living homes, exactly, too. Okay, exactly. Okay. You know, that's it's just them. Yeah, it, I mean, the the majority population would be your baby boomer age, but um, I've had clients that actually had, you know, 19 year old there. Wow. Um, wow. You know, 30 year old, you know, person. Yeah. Right, and so I've got a good friend. Who who has a disease and he's paralyzed and I doubt that he's 50 years old. Right, exactly. And unfortunately, you know, I mean, uh, bad health care, bad, um, you know, uh, disease and everything, it just does not have an age yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and another thing now in the last uh, maybe 10, 15 years is something called respite care. And respite care, these uh, assisted living facilities can handle the respite care. What is that? Well. What is that? I, I have so an idea, but tell care, me. Right, so respite care is... Basically, um, and we see it a lot in the, your cancer patients where, you know, the doctor said it is unfortunately nothing else that they can do. Uh -huh. And or the person has decided that, you know, that we're not going to continue treatment and um, death is soon and inevitable. Oh, like hospice. Exactly. Oh, OK. Exactly. All right. right. All right. I know right. that term. Well, right. So okay. that. And so respite care can um, actually be is geared more towards like the caregiver for for this person. So if you can, you know, you imagine that, you know, you have been at home, you know, taking, taking care of, care of person, someone. Right. Yeah. Right. And so when you are in an assisted living facility, they have, and you're already in like this home environment, uh -huh. um, they have specific programs for the caregivers to come in as well. To, oh, that's good. Right? And, you know, and so I've had like they've, they've had um, where um, they have like the 
um, people come in and you can get massages. You can oh, get that's nice. Done, yeah, you know, yeah. Those type things. They have like family outings that, uh-huh. that, that you can go to. You know, very good. Uh, something very good. else that you know that that they offer. You know, they offer. Because again, you want to keep them in much as a home environment. You know, this the, they're staying there in the yeah, community yeah, and those type yeah. of things. So they offer a lot of those uh, programs as well. That's good. That's good. Now you brought the statistics on what the cost of this kind of care is in terms of what people are paying and the average in the country and then the average in this area. Do you mind sharing that with us? Right. So in general... I mean, it varies. We're just talking in general. Right. Yeah. Right. In general, we're talking anywhere from three to 5000 uh, per patient a, a, a month. Per month. Per right. month. And of course, in, in uh, D.C., it is closer to more like 8000 Yeah. Of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's D.C. is very expensive. Right. And then Maryland, it is right at about 4000 And then on the Virginia side... Um, it's a little under maybe like $3,800 a month. Okay. So. And that depends on where, what kind of facility, because I have clients paying 10000 a month. Right, right. And, you and, know, right. It's, it's, it's how, really you know, how, how big the facility is. Yeah. And then also, I'm sure if somebody's paying $10,000 a month, I'm sure they have more health care uh, issues that they need, you know, possibly as They well. do, but they it also depends on the facility. Oh, oh well, definitely. You know, definitely. they may have hairdressers and they get their fingernails done and they have you know all kinds of different things that they do right, uh, right. and and the facilities are more luxurious and more of whatever but mm-hmm. um yeah yeah exactly, exactly it happens it does happen wow this is really interesting because you know not we're all getting older and we have family members who are getting older and so knowing that a smaller facility may be available uh, uh, and then trying to my objective today was to give people ideas on how they can open these facilities because there's a need they can make quite a bit of money doing it while still offering a very important service to people and that's a that's that those are the two things to me that's important when you have a business, yes, uh, that's really, really important. So, healthcare is a true uh, labor of love, as well as a highly regulated uh, industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else would you say you would want people to know? And by the way, if you have questions about it, from because Crystal has has represented both sides of the aisle. She has represented people who operate these kinds of facilities who build and operate them but she's also represented patients who have not been treated well at these kinds of facilities as well so give us some ideas of and and you kind of alluded to audits maybe that's really the better way to approach it since we're approaching it today from the perspective of what do you do when you want to operate a facility what kind of audits do you have to be aware of and you have to you experience how does the state regulate this and is it just the state oh yeah, no, it's not just the state it can be the state or like i said if you are receiving any kind of federal dollars from medicaid medicare or uh sometimes their regular um, insurance will ask for an audit as well in order to con- 
keep your license and your certification, you have to go through it at least one audit a year. Mm -hmm. um, and they will come through and just make sure that you are operating the facility uh, within their guidelines. Um, they will review if you had any uh, residents or whatever make complaints. They're going to check your employee files to make sure that everybody is qualified to work there. So you actually have to have on file like the background checks and the That's correct. show that you've actually done all these different things. Exactly, exactly. They're going to look at your uh, patient to uh, health care provider ratios. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to check, make sure, you know, the nutritional um, uh, value, nutritional meals for your clients are being uh, taken care of. Um, and, and all of those, again, that the at the beginning, remember I told you, you're going to start at your state agency. They're going to tell you exactly what they're going to be looking for mm -hmm. um, in that. And it's not just at the beginning. They're going to keep coming back and making sure that you still have all of those um, things in, in place. place. I guess you have to have also relationships with physicians that have patients. I mean, is that something that you normally would have, like a kind of a, either a standing relationship with one or I guess you're open to anybody's patients. Ex but, exactly. Um, exactly. That, that would be, be um, um, one of the good avenues to continue to, to get clients because uh, a lot of times because a physician can order somebody to uh, be placed in an assistant living. Ah, so they can, so if the physician signs saying this person goes to this facility, the insurance company is more likely to pay for it, I guess. Oh, well, well, definitely. Now, you can't, uh, in, in healthcare, one of the, the things that you cannot do is um, uh, have a uh, standing relationship with a specific, um, like another healthcare provider. You get into oh, some okay. anti antitrust laws, antitrust ah, issues okay. that way. See, you can't do that. it that way, right. Oh, right. Right. So right. the physician can't own the facility? No. Well, they, they, no, they, they can't own, or I should okay. say, I don't they, know. I don't know. I'm I say that, I I say don't know. They, they can own one, but they can't refer their, like, their patients, patients to, to that. So that would be no. Now, I would say now, in, in definitely every assistant living facility has to have a physician on call. This can be a very lucrative field, okay? Exactly. It is definitely a growing field. Um, and, and, and that's partly why I wanted her to come on to talk about the specifics. I want to thank you very much for, for sharing this information with us. You're very welcome. Yes, yes. And uh, I wanted to give people an idea of how do you start a business. This happens to be a particularly regulated business. Exactly. And so it's heavily regulated, as it should be. You know, because there has been a lot of abuse in it, but but mo 90% of the time, 99% of the time, it's it's it certainly is providing a much needed service in a very humane and effective. Exactly. Uh, and and I like the smaller facilities. Not that the larger facilities aren't can't be loving and caring, and because they can be certainly. But this is an option that a lot of people may want to look into for going in as well as putting their loved ones in as well.